Welcome to the Voice of Crypto podcast. I am your host, Nisha, and today, guys, I am so excited to bring you an interview with the one and only Funding Jim, also known as Gary. <laughs> but today, in Gary's interview, he's going to be using some buzzwords that maybe newer people in the crypto space don't know. So, if you hear him say VC, which is venture capitalist, or angel funder, which literally means when you know of early investor and um, there are crypto terminology that will be used in this interview but do not worry i will make sure that you guys know exactly what they mean and if not pop us a comment let us know what you didn't understand and i'll make sure that i clear it up so let's go Gary, thank you so much for the time that you're giving me and the opportunity to be able to interview you about you and let people get to know a bit more about you. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, yeah. Great day. Uh, I'm enjoying uh, uh, the Puerto Rican. I live in Puerto Rico uh, part of the year. It's part of a tax strategy reason for an American citizen. Yeah. I talk about that fairly publicly yeah. and uh, uh, travel a lot and things like that. But I, I'm I'm uh, at a stable point right now to set up and have a, a podcast with you. So I'm looking forward to this. Well, we really appreciate having you here. And I know a lot of people are going to be inspired um, by you. We have kind of met within the crypto community, within the Hex community. We, you know, we've spoken, we've actually passed each other like ships in the night but never actually physically had an interaction with each other it's really weird because you've been in the same place many occasions but never actually seen each other but I've had uh, the opportunity to be able to speak to you you know um, outside of kind of being at events and different things like that and been able to kind of hear your story and I thought it was really important to allow people to kind of hear your past because you were really impressive I find you so impressive just your whole backstory and it's really important for me that other people can hear like where you've come from and where you started off so I want to just start off by kind of just going over your journey to success your journey to where you are now you know that you didn't always live in Puerto Rico you didn't always um you didn't always be Mr. Funding Jim just to get us started in regards to where you started kind of where your life kind of began where you've you've been brought up from your upbringing uh yeah i would say that i'm actually five people <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's not exactly one of those multiple personality situations but i feel like i've uh, remade myself uh every few years yeah. in my adult life especially and then um, that's all just because I've been eternally curious. I've been the kind of kid that I, I wasn't a troublemaker on purpose. And uh, I was definitely was a reasonable kid, you know, as far as not a bad kid or something like that. But I was someone that always disassembled things to understand how they work and what's the gears and what's the, how's this electronic thing uh, connect to that electronic thing? Or uh, when it came to later in life, um, focusing on a medical uh, career, you know, understanding human biology as related to technology. So, you know, I would say that I'm five people worth of experience that I can draw upon. And that helps a lot with this, uh, this role that I play now, which is basically uh, trying to be a reasonable communicator of what the potential of cryptocurrencies have in our economic world. So as you said, you've been in the medical field, there is like a bit of a history. I know that you've been in the military, medical field, which came first and how did you slide into those professions? Uh, yeah, kind of I'll go through a quick story and then you can pick apart anything that you wish uh, during the conversation. But uh, I've said before, I started out in North Texas in a rural agriculture family. 
people that uh, raise crop and raise cattle, uh, horsemanship, that kind of thing was my childhood. And that uh, was very satisfying and it really wouldn't change any of my youth. Um, I did change schools quite a bit. So I learned how to adapt uh, fairly quickly by changing schools and kind of remaking yourself as you uh, recalibrate, you know, your new friend circles and things like that. But uh, I think that about 15 or 16 years old, I was yearning for something outside of my origin. Uh, maybe that's um, maybe that's common. Maybe that's uncommon. I'm not sure. But I joined the service uh, mostly because it was a place that could throw me on the other side of the planet and put me into a new environment and around new people. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a militant personality as a kid. It really wasn't. Uh, but I was curious enough to join the service and then choose from what the service had available to me in the U.S. Navy, uh, you know, a medical profession uh, origin story. You know, basically they start you out with uh, emergency medicine trauma kind of stuff um, because you're going to be on battlefields most likely, or at least that's what they, they want like to deploy you uh, when you have no real experience yet. And then later I built on that to be a specialist inside of uh, cardiology. So it was anything to do with MRI, CT, echocardiography, cath lab, anything to do with heart diagnostics and technology, uh, the circulatory system. That was a world for me, both in the military and as I transitioned into the civilian world um, in the, you know, all over the world. I, I, I worked as a contractor, so that meant that I was uh, a place about three to five months uh, filling in a gap for an institution while they sort of source someone that had the same kind of credentials as a permanent staff. Yeah. But that was my origin into medicine. So you kind of grew up in a, an agricultural kind of environment. Were you the yeah. first person in your family to actually pick up and, you know, go across the world and serve your country and do these amazing things? Was your family just kind of like historically farming and kind of just being in that town that you grew up in? Uh, I would say that, yeah, the, if you looked in my family tree, there were all in North Texas. Uh, also, I'm a, I'm a merge of uh, tribal American, um, Native American peoples. On my mother's side, it's a lot of uh, Cherokee Indian. Yeah. Uh, we have pictures in the album of teepees and things like that. And then we have Europeans in the 1800s that, uh, you know, found partners and so forth and led to, you know, <laughs> who I am, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it's mostly like Eastern Europe uh, on my father's side and mostly uh, uh, Native American on my mother's side. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that origin, I think, is, again, living off of the land. The first, you know, even when I apply this to like economic principles, sound money concepts and things like that, I, I relate it to the origin story of farming and agriculture and the early civilization. That was your first savings account was, you know, the grain that you could make yeah. through the winter or, uh, you know, the cattle or crop or something like that that could sustain your family as a calorie base. And uh, as we became more efficient and better with our, you know, resource management and uh, things like that, you know, these are the first savings accounts, um, then we were able to specialize. So I really do appreciate my origin yeah. from that base and then transition into understanding better the world economic, you know, um, intangible world you know yeah. what is what is a a token what is a, a coin what is a ledger entry what is a bookkeeping you know things like that related uh, unrelated to you know uh, a bushel of corn 
<laughs> yeah, but I love how you actually relate the two because when you actually say it, it's, just, it's like it's actually true. But before they didn't have crypto or tokens or coins or let they this this was their bartering. This was their system of wealth. So if you had lots of crop, you were a wealthy person. Obviously, talking about moving from getting your crops to actually coming into having your your crop. How did you get involved in crypto? How did that introduction happen? What was the first interaction you had with cryptocurrency? So let me go a little bit before the cryptocurrency part. Um, in 2006, I was one of my last medical contracts uh, as a specialist moved me or uh, um, a third party or agency had found a contract for me in Northern California. And I hadn't been in the San Francisco area really before. Maybe I had visited, um, you know, the, the Golden Gate Bridge and things like that in the past, but I really didn't know anything about the culture of Silicon Valley at all. And uh, a contract put me there that uh, the contract was at, at Kaiser, which is a big hospital system in Northern and Southern California, especially. And that particular facility was next door to the new Apple compound that was being constructed. So I saw the origin of the newest compound, which is a 20,000 employee, uh, big spaceship looking um, uh, building. Maybe I think they spent like $8 billion on it. And, uh, you know, they were moving from not far away, maybe about five miles away to this newer building. Um, so my origin in crypto comes from first being curious about technology and curious about, uh, you know, startup culture and how people launch a new application or a new piece of tech into, you know, having a return for investors, whether it's seed or angel investors or VC. Uh, because that was my clients. Those, those were my patients. My patients were, you know, the founders of companies, the inventors of certain types of tech, the ones that had patents and they were in their 70s and now they're having heart issues. Mm. Uh, so I would meet them and have great conversations with them. That was very interesting to me. And uh, some of them had also uh, VC origin stories or their family had been venture capitalists in the Bay Area since the 50s or 60s or 70s. So they had a long you know, most of my patient population, I would say, were uh, inspiring because they were the engineers, they were the creators, they were the funding mechanisms for the technologies that we use all the time. Yeah. So that was my, 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 my first curiosity about startup. And then I had this farmer savings, tangible, sound money principle in my head. So when I first heard about Bitcoin or tokenization or you know let's launch a new com uh, a new idea and let's get it funded it seemed reasonable uh in 2017 for me to 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 investigate it further you know it was first brought to my attention because i was uh in 2014 until 2017 i was running a startup accelerator which is basically just housing for about 15 to 20 people yeah. and a dormitory that was connected to an office space that's connected to a social space. Um, and that location was, that I, I set up and ran for three years was about one block from Steve Jobs' house, two blocks from one of the founders of Google, 
uh, five blocks away from Stanford University, which is a, a popular technology university in the United States. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just was always surrounded by good ideas. And one of those ideas came through that accelerator was uh, cryptocurrency uh, in 2017 for me. And that was where it all started really to kind yeah. of get feet in fast with crypto. So at that point, obviously crypto is all new to you. A lot of people that are going to be listening to this podcast, they're going to be newbies, they're going to be new people in and they're still kind of trying to find their feet. Um, could you explain to me maybe some of the ups and downs um, that you experienced at the beginning stages of, you know, being within the cryptocurrency space? Uh, well, it's just like starting anything. Uh, you start a career as a farmer, you start a career in medicine, you start a career in the military, you want to be a scuba diver, you want to safely jump out of airplanes. You know, you need to do some research, you need yeah. to figure out what uh, what's going to hopefully safely navigate you through some of the risks uh, so that you can get to those rewards, you know, whatever that reward might be. Um, you know, there's there's uh, any journey that you begin, you know, starts with the first step. Um, and I think that that's, that's the, the, the thing about it is um, uh, if you say that you want to have a degree in education and academics, you know, you're going to have to start with the basics. You say that you want to be an Olympian, you're going to have to start with the basics. You know, and, and I think that's the same sort of thing, that you should, the way that you should approach, honestly, cryptocurrencies. I think that if you do um, research and you dabble and you tinker in a way that doesn't financially harm you if it all goes to zero, then you're in a safer, experimenting, curious kind of way. Um, we can be all enthusiastic and joyful over the amazing return potential and the charts and the graphs and you know the narrative of a white paper in the cryptocurrency space. But also, uh, there's a lot of different factors I've learned over the past uh, five years or so to uh, to evaluate before I uh, speculate. That is it. Evaluate before you speculate. I'm going to write that down as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're from the US. Mm. When I spoke to you the first time, I remember you listed all of these places you've been to and I'd have just been like, yeah, I've been to like one. <laughs> <laughs> and I always see you online. You're always traveling. And I know we had an interaction quite recently where I was, I've literally saying, I'm dying to go on holiday. I need to go on holiday. <laughs> and you was just like, go and do it. But, you know, budget and do it right. And I was like, yeah. you know what? You, you, I think you explained to me that how much your, your trip had cost you, the one that you was currently on at that present time. And I yeah. was just like, what? And yeah. <laughs> I know that one thing that a lot of people, especially myself, aspire to do is literally just pick up and just be able to just travel the world, experience life. And you're definitely a good example of that. After going to all these different places, could you explain to me why choose to kind of settle yourself in Puerto Rico, even though you're still traveling around the world? Well, let me go to the first thing about curiosity, about seeing something new. Uh, you know, we have the body that we have, the mentality that we have right now. And, you know, maybe our perspective will change in five years or 10 years, or our abilities may change in five or 10 years. Um, and I have tried to embrace the world in a way that, you know, is reasonable. Sometimes it feels like it's a little jet set because of my origin. We didn't have any money whatsoever as a kid. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like, wow, this is way too lavish and this is too expensive. Um, and that's part of my programming, my bias of my origin. 
And sometimes I'm like, I also say to myself, uh, you know, you're only going to be here once. Like you should look at, you know, um, the things that you're curious about, go and investigate them. Um, So, you know, there's also inspiration from different entrepreneurs or people that have uh, books written about them on their journey, like uh, Hemingway, you know, doing a lot of traveling or Jeff Bezos doing a lot of traveling before he was rich, before he was successful. Uh, You know, the Beatles, you know, as an example of musicians that, you know, looking for new sounds and new ideas. And they did a lot of travel in their teens and 20s and 30s, not because they were famous, but because they were curious about the sounds in India or things like that. Right. So I think that while you have your fire of your mentality and your curiosity that you should investigate because you don't know what you don't know and you won't know until you go and see. Yeah. So that's that's the big thing. And a lot of people, they, they like to, you know, it's re- I understand it to say, well, that's unaffordable or that's not reasonable. Or, you know, if I dash off for a week of vacation and then come back, you know, what am I really going to get out of it? Well, if you only go to that, you know, that resort that everyone speaks the same language, everyone eats the same kind of food, uh, it just happens to be in a different geography. I don't think that that's really traveling. Mm-hmm. for me at least it doesn't yeah. really like nurture that curiosity I agree. so uh i think you'll get the best ideas from the travel element um and then you can choose you know based on you know being outside of the bubble of what you've grown up in you'll get new ideas and you'll see new appetites for products or services that you might want to deliver as an entrepreneur yeah so i really feed that a lot i've seen it happen myself and um, there's like a chicken chicken truck that i go yeah. to and when i spoke to the guys i was like i like to ask a lot of questions and i was like where did this come from and they were literally like one of us went to america my brother went to america and he saw there was lots of like different wing like trucks around in the States. And I just, he just said, I just came back and just decided I'm just going to do one here because it's not here. So I've seen that happen in like real time, just going somewhere and being inspired and then being able to just bring it back and actually create something successful for yourself. But I, when, when you told me all the places you've been, can you tell the listeners all the places I, you gave me a list and I was just like, wow, I wish I could just like be you right now. So in my lifetime, maybe about 70 countries, wow. probably um, two, or, two or 300 cities, something like that in my lifetime. Wow. And, uh, you know, now, now, of course, there's the liberty. Um, so I, I retired in 2017 from medicine. I stopped medicine altogether. Yeah. And then uh, I did some other things, entrepreneurial and, and real estate related and things like that uh, from 17 till about mm, 2019, honestly. And then I came back into the crypto space as far as being public because of Hex, the product of Hex. Yeah. But, uh, you know, since since Hex especially, you know, I feel like I should travel more mm-hmm. and be more public about it because, you know, I want to see those places, sure, but I want to spread the message. I want to be a little bit outside of what's, uh, what most people are doing travel wise yeah. we, we, we like to be on the internet we like to be you know comfortable and yeah. using uh, video as, as contact with other people but there's really no no replacement for that face-to-face interaction yeah. it really isn't I so uh I, I like to do that and uh as far as the number as far as the countries where i think when we were speaking before i was probably either in colombia i think it was in santa marta yeah. or something like that yeah and santa marta <laughs> is a ocean city 
Oceanside town in Colombia. Uh, there's amazing, beautiful places all over the world that are very inexpensive by comparison mm. to what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, your most expensive element might be the plane flight. Uh, it depends on if you're short. You, there's all kinds of websites where you can find good deals. And if you're fairly flexible about your schedule and you look far enough out in advance, you can get amazing deals for super cheap by comparison yeah. to even local domestic flights. Yeah. And um yeah, I've, I've tried to take advantage of that and, uh, you know, live an Airbnb life. I think I, I just came back to Puerto Rico a few weeks ago and I've been away for, you know, in a, living in a suitcase for like seven months, I think, wow. something like that. So, wow. I love that. I do love that because I think <laughs> when we spoke, he said, like, I just went from here and there and there and now I'm here. And I was like, what? Well, I've just gone up the top of my road. So <laughs> well done to you. To hear part two of this great interview, become a subscriber. Click the link in the episode details.